So just be careful what brand story you choose because you will have ethical decisions and difficult business decisions that are going to be tied to your story. And then you don't know sometimes in life, what do I do, man? How do I decide? Like, even as a human being, you're going to have questions, rhetorical questions, ethical questions. And what you're going to fall back on in your life are your values. And that's in business too. Um, I tell all people that work for me, these are our values. So when you have to make a quick snap decision about what to do, think about our value in a mission statement. And based on what values are, choose that and make that decision. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. 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 Welcome to this, the final installment of our series titled From Zero to $100 Million, How to Scale Your Startup Like a Pro, featuring Prady Tawari. We close this series down by tackling the eternally interesting and ultimately critical topic of marketing and branding. This topic is so intriguing because it has the ability to catapult a company into astronomical levels and even transcends business to include how we brand ourselves in today's digital age of information. Pretty dives into the crucial components of marketing, including the story that you tell and how that shapes the world's perceptions of your company, controlling the brand message or tone and the implications that this message carries regarding your ethics and values, and much, much more. We'd like to express how much we admire Prady for his accomplishment and his unwavering work ethic and how appreciative we are for him taking the time out of his insanely busy schedule to come and add value to us and you, our listeners. So, one more time, we bring you our friend, the powerhouse, Prady Tawari. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. You know it. And with us on the line one more time today, Mr. Prady Tuari. How you doing today, Prady? Dude, I'm doing good. I had a very uh, eventful morning. We had a lot of thunderstorms, and then um, I have these like contacts that I use, and for some reason they were just not, they were feeling off. So um, I don't know what it is, man, but I actually am not wearing any any contacts or glasses, so I'm uh, <laughs> I can't see much. Uh, <laughs> but I still wanted to do it, so I'm doing this totally by sound. I can have a pretty limited vision uh, without my my uh, my prescription glasses and my contacts. So by the time I was going to go to uh, get some new pairs, I was like, man, I just got to do this podcast. So I am I'm actually excited for how this turns out. This is the first time I'm doing one blind. So that's very interesting <laughs> to me, man. It reminds me of an old movie called Blind Fury, and it was this kung fu guy, and yeah. he had a cane that was a sword, but he, the guy was completely blind. And so right now, you are Blind Fury, and that excites me. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a test, man. It's a test about how much. Uh, it's a, yeah, putting putting myself and my skills to test how much I can really, uh, how much deep, how deep I can dive into this topic, man. So I'm excited. Nice. So, Brady, we we really appreciate you coming back on one more time with us. This has been a an awesome series, man. Super interesting. I have learned so much, and I know our listeners will as well. We've been talking about entrepreneurship, talking about starting your own business. Uh, and this all began with mindset and what something that occurs to me before we jump into this final topic or, or set of topics, mindset has been something that has been important throughout each and every topic, right? That's why it's the foundation. It's the, ver- it's the very basis for uh, anything that you have to do that you're going to take seriously and try to succeed in. And so the, having that as, as our foundation, that, that mindset, and having that mindset follow us through and that mindset being strong, I feel like is going to just cascade right into these final topics. So if you could, let's jump right in, man, and tell us about what we're going to learn today, what we're going to discuss on this final episode of this series. Yeah, man, just to sum it all up, I mean, we've talked a lot about a lot of business concepts, talk about cost of customer acquisition, um, how to be careful with you know your profits, how to hire good talent, how to be determined, how to have the right mindset. But to be frank, man, this is all window dressing. And I'm going to be honest, this is window dressing for the most important concept. And people have, might have heard this before, but I'm going to emphasize it again. It really is about being so good that they can't ignore you. That is what this is all about. That's all, this other con- all these other concepts have been win- window dressing just for that. And when we think about being so good that they can't ignore you, everything else kind of falls in line. And there's two type of things um, that we have to think about by being very good. One of them is a good product that people want and that helps us you know, solve a problem. And I think that's the bare minimum. And the second part of that is the story that we tell about that product. So the people that really want and need your product actually know that they want and need your product. 
Um, and that's the topic of today. We're talking about branding and marketing. And sometimes people think about, okay, well, what should I say? Like, what should I, is it like, should I have this flash sale or sort of that? And for me, when I think about branding, it's all about storytelling and the right story can make or break a fantastic idea. The idea that people can't ignore is actually the story that you tell. It's not always just a product by itself. So I'll give people a quick example. One of the, um, uh, products that we all uh, we all know, or a, a platform that's been really big, for instance, is Facebook. So Facebook started uh, back in the you know early uh, 2000s, and you know the concept it's a social media platform. But if in the beginning, you know, Mark and his team had said, "Hey guys, this is a, a internet website that you can use in college for college students, where you know you guys are all away from 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 your parents. So if you guys want to send photos to your parents." You can upload it so your parents can see it, and then they know what you're up to. So that way you can be connected with your family because you might have busy schedules, and this is a platform where you can connect with your parents. How many college students would be like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to drop everything to join this platform. Very few because it's not something, it's not a story that resonates with people that gets them excited and motivated. Although the platform is the same, it's just Facebook. But it's the story that you tell around it versus when Mark started it. Of course, now he has a whole different pitch about connecting the world and stuff. But back in the day, it was... Hey, there's a ton of hot chicks on campus. You want to know what they're up to? You want to see their photos? You can rate them on my on my website. And that's the story. And then Facebook became popular on college campuses because you could see the people that you liked or and kind of <laughs> creep on their personal lives. That's why we all started using it. And that story, the same platform, but the story that you tell makes a massive difference in whether people actually want your product. And I've always said, you know, when you have a business versus, you know, that's maybe zero dollars to I think up to I'd say five or six million bucks. That is a business because you're selling a product that people want. They kind of want it. Like it's like it's a cool stuff. You know, it's a cool gadget. I like it. You're gonna have enough people that are gonna get you to there. But if you get if you have want to have a product that gets you up to ten million dollars or above that kind of business, it's really when people want and not only want but they need you. They need your product. This is what we call product to market pull. And in order for people to need your product, the story that you tell needs to be compelling. So I want to start off with with, with that. That's what branding and marketing is about. That's what I want people to think about. It's like what is the story that you want to tell? I gave the example of Facebook. Uh, before I open it, like we can have a little discussion about this. I want to give another example. So back in the day, um, I started Azath. We talked about it as a case study quite a bit. I um, want to open up um, and tell people about how we kind of scaled that. Um, we had a nootropic product. And, you know, nootropics are people are using, biohackers are using, and it's so cool. It's awesome. And I was pricing it at a pretty high premium. And the reason why is because in the second episode and a little bit in the third episode, we talked about setting your prices high so you have enough money cash flow coming in. So you can purchase more product and you can really scale. So I did the same thing. And I remember we were having a tough time a little bit in the beginning. And I remember one time a, a woman called in customer service because I would pick it up and come to my phone. And she was like, hey, I, I like your, your supplement, but it's kind of expensive. And I was like, wait, wait, which, what supplement? And uh, she was like, your supplement that you have on the side. And I've told the story before. And she was like, well, like, I think it's way too expensive. And I, I told her, we don't sell supplements, we sell time. And that's a story I've told in the show before. And she was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I was like, well, you know, I've used this product and with this product, you know, when I have more time in a day, you know, I can spend more time with my family. I can spend more time, um, five or 10 extra minutes at school, you know, 20, 30 extra minutes uh, that I can prepare for a presentation. And if you look at my own life, what I've been able to accomplish, I'm able to start businesses, pay off my, all, my, all my student debt, get a scholarship, start employ people. It's just because I have a little bit more time in a day. So what is spending 10, 20 extra minutes with your kid worth it for you? Is it worth it $1.20? Yes. Is it worth it spending $1.20 for a supplement for your brain? Maybe not. So it's the same product, but I'm using a different story. And one is a, it's a supplement. I'm say, saying that. And then I can't charge $99. It's too expensive. But right. if I say, hey, I'm selling you time, more time with your family, with your loved ones, extra 10, 20 minutes on your schoolwork that's going to get you to the next level, all of a sudden, it makes more sense to charge. I can charge $10 a serving now. So it's the story that you want to tell. And that's the main takeaway in the topic of this today's um, episode is to frame it as what story are you constantly telling? And that story needs to be consistent. So if I'm talking about time and productivity, that's what my business is about. Then from the social media posts I make to every caption that I make, to every block that I write, up to the founder, so me and myself, I have to lead that life. I can't be someone who's unproductive. We can't post random stuff that doesn't, make, that doesn't fit with the mission statement because that's going to cause confusion. So you want to have a story, lay out the story in the beginning, and then that story needs to be consistent on all the platforms. Every time you post, every newsletter, it needs to be consistent 
um, needs to be consistent throughout. And that for me is how branding really starts. Wow. And so a couple of things come to my mind, Brady. Uh, first of all, the, the first word that came to my mind was reframing. And so what you were doing is you were taking something from a supplement to actually something that causes you to have more time, right? Which that's much yep. more compelling. But yes. even, even more so than reframing, it seems it, it seems like it might be more of just widening perspective, right? Because it's not like you're bringing a, a perspective in that wasn't already inherent within the product itself. You just had to turn people's eyes toward it, right? So I think that's very interesting that uh, you're just broadening perspective by telling that story. But a question I have is that do you do you just want one story, right? And so it, would it be too crowded? Would it be too chaotic? And would it be confusing if you had more than one story per product? Uh, and I, I don't know what's really leading me down this path, but I got to thinking about that. It's like you're, you're telling a story about prioritizing time, right? So if you were to tell another story about Azith on top of that, would that become confusing? Or do you cascade stories one on top of the other to kind of tell a, a bigger story, give a bigger picture? Yeah, I think there needs to be one big thread. So the thread is time and productivity. Okay. And I will tell a different story to a working mom than I will tell to a beginning entrepreneur, to a, someone who has a side hustle that ends up, that's, that's one of our biggest, biggest audiences, people who have a side hustle. Like, how are they going managing their time? But if the story is about time and then everyone else's journey to why time is important, that's a small subsect of a story. So why time is important for you, you know, you know James and Colt versus why time is important for Freddy is different, but the concept is still time. And but you need, you know, and then the question is, well, what kind of story do you just randomly tell a story? Well, no, you need to find a story that's compelling enough that for and if the, that audience that listens to it would be like, man, I need this. So you want to tap into people's needs. And, and you know, the, some people say, well, can I just make something up? No, you cannot. Like this is not, um, you know, people think that marketing and sales is like these slimy tactics. I personally don't believe in that and that there might be a lot of data to prove that it's not, but I don't believe in that. I think it's about authenticity. So this is a story that I can tell because I do this on a daily basis. And I know that if I had something for me, if people ask me, if you had a superpower, what would that be? I would do that one more than 24 hours a day. That was like my answer since I've been a kid. Like that's been what I've always thought about. Um, but I know that I'm not the only one. And if I tell that story about time for people who really care about productivity, they'll be like, dude, yes, I would rather use this product that is talking about time versus I'm not competing against other nootropics anymore. Right. So, you know, we have this concept and we prefaced on this a little bit last time. And I'm mixing matching a lot of concepts here because we're at the last episode. But, you know, do we compete? Do we not compete? And for me in life, it's always been, you know, I said, be so good. They can't ignore you. But it's not about being better. I don't believe in being better than anyone. I believe in being the only one. Like you're only. There's no other option. So in your subsect, when people are looking for a type of product that does X, you're the only one who fills that need. And that for me, those are businesses that get to Uber and Facebook and Google and the top you know, $10, $20 million business or $100 million businesses. Those are the businesses that have a full monopoly. And we think of monopolies being bad, but that's what they do. A real entrepreneur, not a businessman, not a small business owner, an entrepreneur thinks about how they can have a monopoly in their space. So it could be like, if you want to listen to a podcast where you bring the best creators in the world together, there's only one podcast. CEP. There's no other podcast. So there's many podcasts in the world that have music, musicians, and entrepreneurial self-development. But there's there's many of them. But there's only one. If you want to listen to a podcast with the best creators in the world come together, it's only one. So there's no option. I can't choose between CEP and and some other podcast. There's just yours. So you're for that need that you're fulfilling. That people and it's a need. It can't be a want. It needs to be a need that you're fulfilling. You're the only one. And so you need to understand how you can turn something from a want to a need. And then you need to tell, tell a story around it so that it becomes a need, right? So if I tell people, hey, I have a product that will help you with optimal brain brain function. Well, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, sometimes I'll need it. Like multivitamins, dude. I, I use multis, but I mean, I don't use them all the time. And sometimes I forget. It's not a big, for me, it's not the biggest deal if I forget because I, I don't, although I'm like, yeah, it's my, it's a good for my daily nutrients, but it's never, it's just something that's kind of covering my bases. It's kind of, I want to have a multi if I have extra cash to spend, but it's not a need, you know? It's because the story they've told about multivitamins isn't like, dude, you need it or you're like, this is so important for your life. Um, when I tell people, dude, if you really want to get to the next level, you need to optimize productivity. Like that's the, so anyone who's a hard go getter and want, and doesn't matter if it's a working mom or a, someone has a startup, it's the same. Then I've created that story where for a specific audience, it's a need. It doesn't have to be a need for everyone. Is everyone going to be like, dude, if I have more time in a day, some people would be like, dude, I don't know what the, what the hell I would do. I'd be bored as hell. 
So for them, this is not the product. But for a small subset, subset of people, this is solving a need, not a want. So they can't really, it's not an option for them not to use as it. Why do we have so many people on a subscription every two days, three days, we get more people because they're choosing, I can't miss a month of, of as it. Like I need it every month now because if I don't, I've had customers say, like, honestly, sometimes I, j- I just don't want to go without it because I just need it. It's like important because I know I can get more shit done and I don't have the option not to buy it anymore. So I don't really care what you would price it at. I would still buy it. And that's where a point you read that chasm where the story I've told has become more effective as opposed to other supplement companies that don't have a subscription program because they can't, it's not a need. It's not a need for you to have BCAAs or, or uh, some of these other sports nutrition, unless you're a hardcore bodybuilder that's like super into this stuff. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so this story that you're, that you're building, is this per product in this business or is this for the business in general? And I'm asking that ju- just in general, like do I, do I need, if I, if my company has several different products, do I need a story that wraps around every product that I have or just one story that I need to be thinking about in the beginning as I build, as my business grows, I can add to this story as I go. Yeah, you can add to the story, but I think your business is one brand. So if you have one brand, so if CEP now becomes a podcast network and you guys have money, many subsects within CEP, different podcast shows within CEP, but the, the, the mother and the culture is still CEP. And so the CEP, the culture that you set atop is what permeates through all their children. So I believe that the brand needs to be consistent. So Walmart can have like millions of products in their store, but Walmart's story is they provide the lowest cost of products. Like that's just what they do. So Louis Vuitton and all those brands, they have like, it's super expensive when you go there because there's one story. It's a story about heritage. It's a story about class. It's a story about scarcity and everything is handmade. And that's the story they tell where they sell you wallets or like a scarf or like a iPhone case which is it's crazy. Like you go to Louis Vuitton, you have an iPhone case that costs like almost a grand. And it's like, it's an iPhone case I can buy in the T-Mobile store. But with Louis Vuitton, the story now is that I, in my mind, I think like someone handcrafted it in Paris, which is probably not true. It's probably made in China. But that's the story <laughs> that they tell. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll pay 800 bucks for it because it's handcrafted heritage. It's hundreds of year old. It's like some guy in like France, uh, he's making it, uh, which is not true, but that's the story obviously that they're telling. And then all the products fall under line of that story. But the storytelling is really important. Otherwise, what you're doing, you're just selling commodities. And you can do that. You can be profitable by like, dude, I'm just buying like small stuff and flipping them. I've done that too. Like Gary Vee talks about the yard sales and stuff. Those are commodities. But to build a real business, I think in today's world, you need to have a brand. And branding really happens. It's the story that you're telling. I mean, if I say a brand name right now, and you will have a story to tell. If I say, um, you know, Bentley, you'll think about a story. If I say a Rolls Royce, it's a story. If I say a Walmart, it's a totally different... Like, the feeling you get when I say Walmart and the feeling you, you get when I say um, Rolls Royce, it's like totally different. Absolutely. Why? Like what, it's, 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 you get a visceral reaction to a different story. Um, and that's just because that's the story that those guys have told for so many years. And that's ingrained in every product. Like when I even go to a Walmart, I feel a different type of way than if I walk in a high class luxury store. I feel different. Like I, I will not dress a certain way. I'll not you know do certain. It's just totally different. And um, and, and I think that's, um, that's great that you do that, but sometimes you need, to, you need to make sure that you as the founder set the story, uh, whereas sometimes customers will set the story, which happens very often now. Uh, one of the things that's happened is back in the day, I was a brand and I was talking to customers one way. But now what happened, social media came and customers were talking back to the brand. You're like, what the hell? Like all of a sudden Delta is like, hey guys, Black Friday, have a safe flight. And then getting messages on tweet, hey, you guys, this flight sucks. Here's a photo of like, uh, this shit is broken in the in, in the bathroom. People are tweeting back and these brands are like, holy shit, how do we even react to people talking back at us? And it's such a strange thing. Um, and now a lot of brands that are being, being built today, they have to learn how to how to react and, and how to talk back to customers, but you be very careful that your customers aren't the ones that are setting your story or become like Comcast, which is known now. Everyone says this is the Comcast of X, which means their customer service sucks. Like that's, mm. that's not Comcast didn't set that tone. That was other people. And that, people use that, especially here in Boston, like in real estate, people are like, oh, that's the Comcast of this, which means they're very slow and they won't respond. Wow. So Prady, is there an overlap between a business model and the story or is it does it become the same thing? An example I have, I don't know if you all in Boston, if you have Dollar General stores, right? But yeah, out here, do. you do? Okay. Dollar General stores in our area, in the rural areas, they will pop up anywhere, right? Everywhere. You'll be out driving and not see uh, anything more than a, some cattle out in the fields for a while, but then you'll see a Dollar General store. And that has been, they have been expanding in that in that way for a long time. So in my mind, talking about the stories that we tell, 
their story is that you can be out in the middle of nowhere and you can still find a Dollar General. You'll still find yep. the things that you need because we're going to put yep. a store out there and we're going to serve yes. your needs, right? And so yep. that also seems like a business model. So how much overlap is there or am I on the right track? Uh, yeah, I think there's a hundred percent overlap. And so you need to think about, okay, well, you need to go through this whole series, right? So I want to have a, so I have a product that I think a lot of people need. This is the story I need to tell to those people who are actually going to buy the product. This is the early adopters, the people that are actually going to need the product. This is the story I need to tell. Now, based on the story I need to tell, based on the amount of revenue I can make here, I here, I start a business model now. Um, and that would be the story that they're telling is like, Hey, you can find whatever you need at random places you know, in the country. And that's the story that they're going to tell. But now it affects where they're placed, like a Walmart or like a CVS is going to be going to think about where do we want to be in the city? Where would we want to be in the mall? Do we want to be in the beginning? Do we want to be in the end? Do we want to be in the middle of the mall? Like every single decision that they take now flows from that. It's like your mission statement in life. Like what's your purpose in life? You as a human and every decision you make flows from that mission statement. Right. Um, and those are the people, if we think about respect and this is where a lot comes back. I mean, what kind of people do we respect in our life? We respect those people who say, Hey, this is my principle and they don't deviate from it. If someone says, Hey man, I'm, my principle is to be very loyal and stuff. And they just say it. And then they're just cheating everyone off. Like, dude, like what you said something, you're doing something else, not no congruence. And so this is where a lot of brands fail. I go in there about a section supplement companies are great for it. Like we produce cutting edge formulas and this and that it's always the same, but then there's nothing in their brand or nothing. What they do is anything about their about us, like about us and what they're doing is totally different. So then you don't respect that. So, um, but you're totally right. Great businesses will go take it as far as like, what's the location where do they sell? What's the customer service experience like, right? So for us, that's really important. I set the brand messaging. So when I bring people on, the first thing I do is like, hey guys, like this is the story that we've told. This is what our customers really care about. Um, and every decision must flow from that. So if Walmart has made a decision that they need to pr provide low cost goods to people, now all of a sudden they have a supplier. One supplier is saying, hey, I'm a Chinese supplier. I can get you X amount of widgets for like $2.50. And now they have an American supplier that says I can get it for $8.50. Now Walmart has to look at their mission statement, low cost items. So mm -hmm. they're going to choose the Chinese one. So they're incongruent with what they offer. That's what they do. Whereas if you're another brand, if you say, hey, we, we love made in USA, then you're going to forego profits so that you can stick to your brand story. Because if I'm like a, a company that prides itself with, I, we only produce American uh, and stuff like that. Then I like, for instance, we, I have a thing on my site. Like we don't, we don't like to do any part of our process outside the country with me. I just don't. So now when I get it, when a manufacturer hits me up, Hey, I'm like, where do you get your stuff from? He said, a lot is coming from overseas. Well, now it, I have a whole story that I do only stuff in the U S is important to me. Mm. I, I don't like to outsource a lot of stuff. So now I have to forego profits to, to do why, which is tough because a lot of businesses are about profit. So so just be careful what brand story you choose because you will have ethical decisions and difficult business decisions that are going to be tied to your story. And then you don't know sometimes in life, what do I do, man? How do I decide? Like even as a human being, you're going to have questions, rhetorical questions, ethical questions, and what you're going to fall back on in your life are your values. And that's in business too. Um, I tell all people that work for me, these are our values. So when you have to make a quick snap decision about what to do, Think about our value in a mission statement and based on what values are, choose that and make that decision. And sometimes it's going to run counter to profit. So um, you have to make, be very careful. So don't just make anything up that just sounds good or is a good soundbite because that's going to bite you in the ass like big time. You know? Wow. Yeah. My head's trying to explode here with a lot of different ideas while, <laughs> while you're talking about this. Going back to the dollar store just for a minute, you know, you walk into the dollar store and you don't expect to see chandeliers hanging from the ceiling, right? So it's kind of the the the, uh, the cross-reference between uh, Walmart and Louis Vuitton, right? So the dollar yep. store is very basic. It's very general. The floors aren't real super nice. I mean, it's clean. Don't get me wrong, but it's just yep. not meant to be... Uh, it's not meant to catch your eye. It's meant to keep prices low. It's meant to to serve people in rural areas a lot of times that mm -hmm. otherwise don't have another store to go to. And so that's been that's been their goal. And they were upfront about that. And I think you have to be true to yourself, right? You, you've talked about earlier, you, you spoke about being upfront and, and not being shady, not being a snake in the grass. And I think you also, you've got to start out by being true to yourself, right? Because if, right. you're, if you're trying to be too fancy, you're trying to show too much, and that's not your story, right? Then you're going to end up falling on your face and, and the dollar store wouldn't work with that model. So that, that's very interesting to me, that, that concept that you brought to the table. Plus, you know, it sounds like you're, you're saying that we, we shouldn't put the CEP and subliminal messaging uh, on the internet because that's, that's not uh, very honest, right? So you want to you be upfront. And in business, 
it seems like it, it could be kind of cutthroat, right? I imagine you know this just as good as anybody out there. Um, there's a lot of people vying for just a, a few number of uh, customers, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different products out there that are, that are competing for the, the customer's attention. And so it, another very interesting thing that's come to me is that the story you tell isn't just, um, it, it's not just a story. It, it's trying to vie for that attention. You're not just competing product versus product. You're competing story versus story. Now, that's, that's a very interesting concept. I feel like that's, a, that's a, a rabbit hole that we could go down for a while. Dude, this uh, this should be a snippet of what you just said. That's beautiful. That is exact. So right, man. I've been trying to um, tr- trying to explain this so so often. It's a, you competing. It's a story. One story is competing against the other. It's not products. And I think if you tell a good story, there is no competition anymore. Like there isn't. And that's that's the beautiful thing. Like people think, oh, what should I do for my competition? Should I crush them? Should I outprice them? Should I? I was like, dude, no. Like how can you be the only one that serves your audience? Where just there's no competition. There is. I mean, there just isn't like, and that then you have you can worry just about making sure you're providing the best products for your customers. You can be very customer centric company because if you don't, then you're constantly going to be competing, and then you're not focusing on your competition. And so, um, this is actually a story where um, some people might know this, but you guys remember when the Zune came out, like Microsoft version of the isn't Microsoft version of the MP3? They were competing with the with the uh, I think the iPod at the time, Mm -hmm. and so it was like no one knows about it because it was a complete failure. Mm -hmm. And so the Zune came out and. and uh, there was a, a the, the, basically the, the guys that had developed, you know, the Apple um, iPod. Um, they're traveling a car together, and one of their um, sales manager and rep and their CTO were talking. And then one of the guys was like, "Man, I got to be honest. This Microsoft um, like Zune is just so much better than ours. And if you look at Microsoft computers, they're just way more capable. They can handle way more stuff. They're just better computers. And then the guy that actually product developed the product, he was like, "I know, I know it's way better, but I just don't care." Because I don't think about Microsoft. It's just it doesn't come to mind. And if you look at Microsoft's like um, the, what they give to their shareholders, they always and Dell and Microsoft and these companies, they always talk about how they're going to beat Apple. And Apple just never talks about any other competitor. It's just for them, they don't give a shit. They don't care that Apple, uh, that Microsoft or Dell computers or whatever are better than their computers. It's just not important to them. What's important is that in their section, if someone is looking for a sleek computer that's well designed, that doesn't crash, and that has a whole brand behind it and identity, there's only Apple. Like you don't use a Microsoft. They have created such a awareness in people's minds. I didn't, I've never said, do I really want? Is like when I think about Apple, it just gives me a totally different vibe than a than a Microsoft computer. And and that's I think where you want to get at. Um, a lot of people say, you know, capitalism is about competition all the time. I don't necessarily agree in that because if there's competition all the time, then there's no there's no one who's better because people are always competing. And I think real capitalism, if you want to take it further, is where someone has is thinking entrepreneurs are coming to the scene is like, dude, I want to create a monopoly. I want to be the best fucking thing and the only one that serves this. So right now you can beat Google. They're the best search engine. Sorry, sorry if you use Bing or DuckGoDuck, whatever, but Google is just king. So for someone to beat Google now, dude, they gotta be they can't just be good. They got to be amazing. Like it's going to be almost impossible. But that's the beauty of it. Google was thinking, the guys, how do I build a monopoly? And it doesn't. It, it sounds like an evil thing or not. But I think every entrepreneur um, should think about doing that. You know, if I wanted to, if I wanted a lot of competition, dude, I would start a seafood restaurant in Boston because there's so many of them. That's real. Be so cutthroat. I wouldn't make any profits. But I don't choose to do that. I choose to create yes, a supplement and a traffic company. And then the question is, the story that I tell. I will be the only one serving that need. So if someone wants, like, for instance, a nootropic with a community behind it and support, like we're doing on the tribe right now, we have ebooks. We're giving seminar. Like, that, there's no other supplement companies. Do, there's just no one else doing that. So you can choose another nootropic or ours, but like you can't really put them together because like what ours does is just it's more than a nootropic, and that and that's a story that you can tell. Like even with CEP, I give that example. Like build your product and your podcast in such a way where that type of content that you're talking about, you're just the only one. So there is no comparison. Um, and that's what good branding is all about, man. And now you were so right. It's a story versus a story. Um, and if your story is so good and your product is really awesome, then there's just no competition. And then you're in a great spot. Then you only think about growing and scaling. And you have no one, there's no one, you look side to side, there's just no one, you know? Mm, right. What about an industry like fitness and nutrition, uh, which I know nootropics can fall into that as well. Yep. But how important is the story in a massive industry like that from when there's so many brands that are putting out proteins that are so alike and things like that? How important is the story? And I ask that because it seems like in an industry that big and when you can go into a Walmart and have a hundred different selections of the same type of product, it just seems like maybe the stories could just fall by the wayside because you're just going to 
you're just going to pick something, right? Especially if you're just, if you're not in the gym every day, if you're just a ran, you know, a, just a normal everyday person. Yeah. And what people are buying then is just commodities. So this is a lot of times I've heard that in the sports industry because that's the space that I'm really involved in. What they do is they build products and then they're like, they come up with like, okay, guys, let's think quickly what we put on the about us page. And it's just like an afterthought. And they're like, well, it has worked. Look at all these companies. They're killing it right now. But they're actually not. Um, because if you think about all the major players, like five years ago, all the big companies, they don't, I mean, I'll name some companies. Gaspari Nutrition doesn't, they were sold out. Blackstone right. Labs went through a huge issue. They were com- completely lost all their money. Right. Um, Muscle Farm, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, brand, no, gone. So the question is, yes, you will make money. Yes, you can sell commodities. But for a long-term branding staying power, you need a brand. The story is going to keep going because what's going to happen, man? Like if I have a product right now and the product, and I'm just selling the product and the product fails, my company fails. But if Apple comes with a product like an iPhone or some other gadget, it doesn't end up working. Guess what? It doesn't affect them because the Apple is Apple is separate from the product. Right. And this work a lot of, and the reason why I think it's important in fitness supplements and stuff, because people just review products, oh man, 9.8 for this pre-workout. But what they're not reviewing is the company. And my fear is, well, what if the product fails, then their company is gone. And your company is not dependent on products. It's yes, it's part of it, but like you want your company to stay. Like Apple has maybe some losers that don't bring in a lot of money, but they don't give a shit because they have their brand is so powerful that if they just make another product and you don't, you, you say that product sucks, Whereas in the supplement world, we say that company sucks if the product sucks. And that's a, that's a really big, that's a huge discrepancy. And you have to be very careful of that. It's like, dude, you're just building products, man. You're not building a brand. And what's your staying power? You can go to the Arnold Classic. I've gone several times go, going to the Olympics this year. I will walk past all the booths and out of there, like 60% will probably not survive five years. And that's why we're, what the issue is in this industry. There's no innovation. And all the bigger brands that are just around are like way from way behind, you know, way um, from many, many years. They've probably kind of stayed around. They're the old brands kind of and like the high techs, if people know that's a big brand and they're just buying everyone out. There's no there's no brand loyalty. I've talked about this several times. I mean, I look at my cabinet, dude. I've talked about this. I have uh, I have a whey protein from one company. I have a pre-workout from another company. Um, I have a multivitamin from another company and a BCA from another company. I just don't give a shit. Whatever's on sale, dude, I buy. <laughs> like, that's not good. That's not good for the industry. Whereas I'm very particular sometimes. Like, hey, man, I like, kind of like this car. I kind of like this phone. I kind of like this computer. I don't change that often. But supplements, dude, whatever goes. So that's not good for the industry. Mm. We're just buying products. There's no brands. And um, you won't see big companies, man. There's no unicorns. There's no Uber of supplements. Like, which would brand, yeah, they're happy making 10, 20, 50, million bucks but um and that's a shitload of money but that's for for a fortune a thousand company that's just a salary of a ceo <laughs> like that's that's not a whole lot of money um for a big business so we haven't seen that and i and i predict that if we find a steve jobs in the supplement world that's the that's going to be the monopoly but we don't have that we're just building products so that's an interesting subject about supplements in particular. That's very, I, I didn't, I never thought about that, but I can't agree more when you're buying supplements. I, I don't know anybody who just sticks with one brand, honestly. Right. And, and people who no. use supplements often, you know, whey protein and, and pre-workout, things like that. That's very interesting. But also, you know, we're talking about distinctions here. You made the distinction between uh, a product and a company, right? Those are yeah. Those are two different things. Yes. And that's that's important because I I don't think I've ever really had that perspective before, right? I I think we kind of just the product is the company and vice versa. You know, I think we just kind of those things overlap so much that we don't have that distinction. Another thing that comes to my mind is the distinction between competition or making money. Those those are two different things, but also building a brand. That that's a different thing than just making money, right? That's what I'm gathering from you today is that you're almost building an empire when you're building a brand. You want respect. You want you want this thing to really fill a need to 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 do something that is important in people's lives, not just make money. The money will probably come if you have a successful business, right? But it's not about that. It's about building that empire, and that's also a very important distinction because that changes your mindset from the get go. And yes. it, it sets you it sets you on a different track than if you're just okay. I want to do this because I want to get rich. I want to make money. I know you've talked about this before, but it's really coming, really making an impact right now when you're talking about telling that story. Well, it's and that, this long, is, that long game we always talk about, right? Right. You're, yeah. If, if you're wanting to build something huge, it's not just about what's happening right now. It's about making the right decisions 
to push you forward. Right. Yeah. We've always talked about for the show, for the CEP, we've talked about quality over quantity. You know, we didn't just want to bust out episode after episode after episode. We wanted to make sure that the episodes that we did put out was the best quality that we could give at that particular time. And then as we grow, of course, we want that quality to get better and better. And and, and of course, we want that to to grow our listener base as well so that we can reach more people with the messages that we have, which is, you know, it's across the board. We're a variety show and we like to reach all kinds of different people. But having said that, that distinction is very important. Once again, even not just necessarily for business. I can, I yeah. can see that for life, right? And how we tell our story, our personal story, to the people that that are within our sphere of influence. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, you guys do a good job with it. I look at your Instagram, and sometimes on your captions, you guys write what CEP is about, like your mission statement. Mm-hmm. And you guys have it often. I don't know which which of you guys like writes all this, but it's like really good. And for me, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, this is good stuff. Like, I'm glad that you guys write like what CEP. Like our mission statement is to bring some of the best creators to like that. And you keep saying that, like that's a long game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the thing is, like people will say, no, look at all these businesses. Look at my, that that guy on Instagram. He's making Shopify ten, twenty thousand dollars a day, whatever. But the question you have to ask, like, what do you value right now? Are you trying to buy cash flow, which is just going to help you pay your rent and your utilities and your mortgage, or are you trying to build a business that is a, a, like, do you want to build the next Louis Vuitton, the next Rolls, like the the brands that say hundred plus years that are American icons? And that's a totally separate thing. And that's one of the episodes I started with is like figuring out what kind of business you want to build. A lot of people, um, they build businesses for cash flow. Um, I, I've got I got three um, uh, pitch decks this week from supplement companies, and they're, and they're building business businesses because they like they want to build one. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's the reason for? Is it? like, well, I, I I don't like the nine to five, and I want to do something else in my life, and that's why I'm that's why they're building a business. And I found that so bizarre, man. Like that's a very bizarre reason to build a business, and uh, just as Super, super simple. Right now, the three of us are using a software, um, Skype, and Skype is owned by Microsoft. And um, one of the uh, creators of Skype, he had a very terrible story, man. Like his 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 uh, a very tragic story. He didn't want to work the nine to five. He was getting bullied at school. He really wanted to prove himself. He was an immigrant. All the stories. This is kind of sad. And but is that the reason why the three of us are using Skype? No, we don't give a shit. Right. Um, and the reason why I know because I just made the story up. I don't know if this is true. <laughs> nice. um, but the reason why I, I, I say that is because we're using Skype because for the three of us, we want to do a podcast, and it's the best software currently right now that we can use. And there's no other. This is the tool that we want to use, and mm-hmm. everyone uses. So this is very important because people say, "I want to build a business because for the sake of building one, I want to be an entrepreneur." Well, no one cares. Like the marketplace doesn't give a shit about your your personal story. They care about how you're serving them. So if you have a product that people really need and that they don't want, they, they really need, and there's a real product to market pull, you've got to find that. And once you've found that, that's when you build a business. That's why I haven't talked about raising capital and taking a loan, all that stuff. Find a product and create a product and a business service that people really need, and then build a sales force around it. Then start doing all the other stuff. Don't do that beforehand. People take a loan, start a business, but they don't even know whether people want their product or not. Um, but this is really important, I think, what you just said. What people are trying to do, and they need to separate. If you're doing a side hustle just to make more income, that's totally separate than building branding and messaging. Um, because then you're building a business empire, and those two things need to be separated. Uh, because the decisions you're going to make are going to be long-term play. Branding is not something that's going to make build make you immediate money. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Like it just takes time and years, and you craft that. I'm totally okay, but that's a decision, right? So I'm totally okay with months where we just don't make a ton of profits, but we're all working on what is it that our customers want. How can we write a better story? We have like, I have pages and pages of stories that I'm writing and thinking about. Um, and that takes most of my time in the beginning until today. And then I forego making immediate sales. I mean, that's just a fact. So I have to make that decision. But you're totally right. It's a different thing. Otherwise, you're just buying cash flow. And you can buy, keep buying cash. You can keep bringing cash flow. But it will end at some point. Like, it's not sustainable. Like, it will maybe last five, six, seven years. And if you don't, I think that's true. Look at a supplement industry. Like, there's no zero supplement companies that are even were relevant like five years ago. Look at Muscle Tech, BSN. Where the hell are those companies? Like, you just don't see their stuff anymore. And that's crazy. Um, even they've been gobbled up or they've been bought out or split or destroyed and they just don't exist anymore. And that's why they build products, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So, I think I already intuitively know the answer to this, but I want to go down this rabbit hole for a minute. How important mm-hmm. is the logo to the story, the, the picture that you put out there for the world to see, right? It's got to it's got to have some some components to the logo. There has to be yep. something that is that is captivating in and of itself, something that draws the attention of people. Once again, especially in in the environment that we're in today, in today's market, in today's world, right? 
with the proliferation of social media and just we've had television commercials for a number of decades that are just you know that I've, I've heard stories I don't know if it's true or not but uh, it seems it seems plausible that when a commercial comes on it's a little bit louder than the TV program that was that you know that was on mm-hmm. before and the commercials get louder and then it goes back to the normal volume which makes sense because it's all about grabbing attention right so let's talk about the logo for a minute if you would pretty how mm-hmm. how important that is and, and kind of um, how someone should go about crafting that and and what kind of story that should tell Yep. Um, so, so when you're making your logo and your website and even your social media posts, like it needs to fit a certain brand and it needs to fit your story. Um, and that, that is just so important. So if you're a brand that is a luxury brand and you're trying to go for heritage, you want to tell a story how this was, um, this is fine crafted material. You're not going to use like a hardcore bodybuilder like type of logo look with like hardcore X extreme. And, and then it just, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be congruent um, with your, your story a hundred percent. And people will go back to the first few episodes. Like, Right, you just said, don't waste time on your logo and a website and all that stuff. What's the difference here? Uh, because again, I want to make a distinction. In the beginning, you're trying to survive and you're starting to think about the stuff. And when the point where you have some viability, you need to absolutely think about these things. And yes, your logo is very important. The brand is very important. The 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 how you even on social media, I give people a practical tips. So Instagram just really recently rolled out a new algorithm where they're going to push certain posts to the front if the account is using the same type of filter and design. Um, they they are boosting those type of posts now because Instagram wants to think and and promote brands. Um, and if you look at bigger brands, if you go on their social media page, there's like a lot of consistency in how they post. Now you don't have to go that crazy, um, but I would say use consistent colors and make sure your colors and the type of logo. If you're using more futuristic one or more uh, subtle one or whatever, it should fit your brand. Like what what is your really your brand? And mm. and you know we've and we took a stab and we weren't doing this before at Asa, but like now like we have our, our our quotes are in like gold and black and it's just a, something that kind of fits our mission statement about how what kind of brand we want to be perceived at. But there's thought that goes into it. It's not something you're just like okay cool okay guys this is cool let's just do it like. There needs to be some thought because when people see it, what's their what's their first the first impression that they that, that they see? And sometimes as a creator, you're not going to be able to tell everyone your story. Like you can't. Not everyone's going to be able to talk to you guys. Like once you guys have like millions of listeners, what are they going to call you up? Hey man, what's your brand? Tell me your story. No, they're just going to see your logo. They're going to see something on iTunes, and then they're going to make their own stories. But like I said before, it's better if you are the one dictating the story. Then your customers, because then at least you can set some 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 guidance. And so, if you don't put emphasis in your logo or your design or your website, um, it's not a good idea because your website and your logo and stuff want to be so good that what you had in mind for what your brand story should be, it should be immediately visible, so that you don't have to be the one that actually goes out and tells everyone because you won't be able to. Like the CEO of Walmart can't tell everyone, "Hey guys, we're about cheap product, cheap product, cheap product." Like Louis Vuitton CEO, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen an interview of him, but he's not coming out and coming out making pitches. Hey guys, this is a heritage brand. You can see their logo. You go in their store, like, okay, this is a high, like, high end brand. Like I just know it. So I do think you need to put in a lot of effort. Um, because that is your story and that you can tell your story as quickly as possible without you having been being involved in every conversation. So yeah, please do spend time on it. Don't make your about us like an afterthought. Um, I always look at the about us uh, because I know that if someone has put an effort in time, I know that that's a business that's going to last um, versus a business that's just selling products. And again, nothing wrong with product-based businesses. They're great cash flow generators, but they're not going to be around forever. Uh, it's just it's just how it's gone because th- those are things that have staying power and because you have values. Uh, you have respect. And those are the type of people that we, I mean, it's all about human beings too. Like what kind of people we respect, like I said earlier, like which people have lasting power, those with principles. And I'm like, I know what Colt's about. Like I just know what kind of person it is versus someone who's constantly wavering and just doing whatever pleases people. Like we don't respect that. <laughs> we have politicians that do that and we don't deeply respect those people. Although they, they might win a lot of times, but it doesn't mean that that's the type of people we respect deeply in our lives and that we would trust our lives with, that we would trust our credit cards with, that we trust them so much that we say, hey, take my take a credit card and auto charge me every month automatically without my approval. That's a big decision. And people only do that with businesses that they feel that is providing some sort of value and they can trust. And yeah, that's right. how it you know. What, what's yeah. the what's the story behind the Azoth logo? Yeah, so the, the story behind the Azoth logo actually it's a um, it's a door with wings. Um, so the concept yeah. of Azoth, like I've said, is before is it's the the uh, the word Azoth is basically an element, and it was it was talked about in uh, in the works of alchemy, um, also in the Old Testament. And the the the, the uh, idea was like whoever finds this element is going to uncover human potential. And the the thing about this element, though, no one's ever found it. So that's the legend. Like, no one's ever found Azath. So everyone's seeking it. That's where we started with seeking Azath. And the logo is a a door that opens up with wings. 
Um, and that's really been, been the story. And that's, we, I spent a lot of time on, on this logo, actually quite a bit. The color schemes have changed. Sometimes we use gold and sometimes we use red and black. Um, and, um, but yeah, that's the story behind the Azad logo. And now we started to think about, okay, how, what do we want on the website? Like, what's our photo shoots like? So now we have, um, you know, people that want to model and take some photos for us. And we're like, well, what kind of people can we work with? Like, what's the look? So we need to then, I have a, a branding package, a book that I give to everyone, like a photographer or maybe a copywriter, um, all everyone that works for us. And they, I was like, please read this first and then let's talk after. So I give them, I as this, have written the story and then I want them to understand that and I give them direction. So you'll see the kind of stories, like the kind of videos we do and stuff like that are, um, as far as the commercial ones that we're going to roll out, they're all going to be kind of similar. Um, they have a certain theme um, because they all read my um, and the, we've created the brand kind of uh, vision statement and stuff like that. But it needs to be consistent throughout. Um, and I, I guess the big question for people is going to be, and I know listening to this is like, well, what do I, how do I know what the story is? Um, and the one big thing you can do is ask. Um, you're going to have your first 100, 200, 300 customers that are going to come to you that will just buy your product because they kind of they heard about, about it from somewhere. They might just kind of want your product. That's awesome. Let them to buy it. Then ask them, engage with them. Figure out, like, why are they buying your product? What's really behind it? Is it really that they needed um, this, like, protein powder or this wallet or this scarf? Or was it something else? And usually it's something else. Are they looking, you know, it could be something someone might be, I don't know, somebody might, might be wearing a scarf because it just, it, it, it hides, I don't know, like, people, if it hides their collarbone or some shit. It can be something stupid. And they'd be like, oh, my story is about for people who want, don't want to show their collarbone to other people so they wear a scarf. Like, that's the story. Now you have a niche. Now you have only a scarf in the world that has that story. And, you know, so, but you got to listen to your customers. And that's a big thing for me, too. Um, I talked to my customers. The first few hundred I could because were, we had so few. Like, we were in a big business. And that's great. So you call them up. And you say, hey, man, what, what, what's it about? How can I help you? And like, I wanted to also know, why are you buying the product? And they won't tell you right away, but they'll talk to you. And over time, you're like, oh, that's why. And I realized that a lot of them were buying it. They were just pissed because they couldn't get a lot of stuff done. And they wanted more time in their day. And they didn't know how to organize it. And I was like, okay, that's my story. So you can, you can think about it yourself, but have your, have your audience tell you, you know? Mm, right. Yeah. And especially with today, the accessibility that we have back and forth through social media, that that I'm sure it's a double edged sword, you know, that because you have customers have access to you just like you have access to them. At some point in time, that's that's got to be pretty it, it could be chaotic, I'm sure, because you're getting so much feedback, so much input that at some point in time, I'm sure it bottlenecks. But um, I, I like that accessibility. I like the fact that we can communicate back and forth. Something that came to my mind earlier, though, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Of course. Um, on the on the uh, you keep mentioning the quality of the product, whatever product that is, that's so important. And I just I just it came to my mind quality over logo, you know, even quality over story. Logo in particular, and I'm not going to pick on anybody, so I'm not going to say its name because it's a it's a smaller outfit. But I know a show um, that uses this great logo. I've been attracted to this logo ever since I first saw it out on the socials. And it's, it's a podcast of sorts. And so I, I was drawn to this show because I saw this logo that captivated me. I thought, man, that was creative. And I can mm -hmm. already kind of get the story, right? But then I listened to the show, and the show's terrible, right? Mm -hmm. And the show sucks. And I haven't listened to it since. And, and when I see that logo on the social still, I think, man, what a waste, you know? <laughs> what a waste. And, and it, it's just, it, it really... It, brings to mind how important that that quality it, you have to have the quality right you've got to focus on that right because otherwise you're you're kind of telling a great story for something that isn't true it's disingenuous to some yeah. degree you know i i love that yeah sorry man can you call i was just gonna say it's the same way in the uh, nutrition and supplement world if not worse there because if you are walking into a store and you're looking at all these different things on the shelf you're going to look at what's most attractive honestly what catches your eye what has the coolest and neatest design on the bottle if you don't necessarily know what you're looking for yeah and so what's gonna um and we're gonna bring her back to dating because it's easy but like what's gonna get you to hook up with the chick is if she looks good but what's gonna allow you to marry her is if she has some characteristics like you have like some values with with, with her hopefully yeah. uh, money so, right money yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's the same thing too like you might you have got attracted to the logo and it was good but then when you listen to it, you're like, dude, that's not congruent. So what you're saying, what, you, what you're pretending your vision statement is like in your story is not even what the product is like. So that's like one of the things I said earlier, it's got to be congruent. And so if you're not that type of person, don't do it. If you're not that type of person who's like the side hustle entrepreneur geek, like, and if you're just someone who likes to work out and lift, don't tell that story because people are going to be attracted to it and they listen to it and then it's done. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. They're going to give you an initial 10 bucks, but they're not going to be long-term 
customers. And then there's going to be like the supplement industry where everyone has like 50 different brands in there. I actually counted today just before this episode. I was like, I'm going to count. I have 14 brands of my products that I use and for 14 products. I mean, that's kind of nuts. Um, and that's just how it is. Whatever is on sale and I can get a, or someone sends me, I just use. <laughs> so I'm not very discriminate about it. And so that that's what you get then uh, because I'm like, well, yeah, this pro- company has a, I go in a store, GNC, dude. Amazing, looks so cool, well designed, but the product is not. So when I use it a few times, like man, honestly, it tastes the same and it feels the same as the Walmart brand. So next time, I'm just going to buy the Walmart brand. I'm not going to fall in the hype. And then that's a big thing too. Hopefully, people understand that customers are math smart, man. They're so smart today. This is not. Um, I say this all the time. Like back in the days, we had the lab, the doctor with the you know lab coat or whatever, and he was telling us what's awesome. And we as customers are kind of passive. We're just taking it in. It's not true anymore. Like customers are very smart. Like they will look up stuff like. And I don't always want to use, like, you can use supplements or cars or whatever. Like, people Google stuff. There's Google. So, I, you can't fool people anymore. Like, people ask me, where's your certificate of analysis? Like, 10 years ago, people didn't know what the hell that was. And why do they know that? Because they, they Google and they know what it is. They, people know what the difference between creatine monohydrate and the different creatine is. People know um, with a car, like, what the suspect, like, all, all the kind of the specs. But back in the day, I didn't know anything. So, business would educate me. And the problem is, the business could say whatever the hell they wanted. Now it's not true anymore. The, the consumer is really smart. So you can get the consumer to give you 20, 20, 30, 40 bucks the first time. But if they don't like it and they're like, no, nah, the quality shit or you don't, pa- you know, the people, they, they don't think it's good. They'll just buy some, something else. So you have to be careful about that uh, tremendously. And the younger, I think younger people are really have a high bullshit meter now. They don't trust anything. Like I said, they, everything's crap. Everything's bullshit. Um, and just try if you, during Christmas or something, if you have your family over, have a commercial running. And have your grandma watch one and like your little cousin or kid or whatever watch one and you'll see your grandparents will like believe everything. <laughs> like, oh, that's an amazing thing. And then, you know, the younger kids will, like, dude, this bullshit, that's bullshit. No, I have, <laughs> I have a younger cousin and my grandma watched them like, oh, this is great. And my, and my cousin's like, no, this is horrible. They're lying. And it's I, I listen to that because I think it's so fascinating how um, the generational shift where we don't believe anything anymore. So trust is very important. And that happens with the story that um, you just told James where you look at a logo, you listen to it, and then you think it's shit, and now you don't know what you know. You don't want to listen to it anymore. You yeah. know, and I, I think that's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. I would like to add that is not one of my friends' podcasts. If you're listening out there, don't <laughs> don't try and figure that out because that's not you. It's it's someone that's not a, a friend of mine. So having said that, though, it also we're talking about the story, and it seems like the story after somebody gets so big, and I'm going to go straight to Joe Rogan, you know, because his, mm-hmm. his podcast, as far as numbers and things like that, he's just he's always been the pinnacle. You know, for us, kind of the standard. Yeah, he's the king. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, after a while, the story gets out of control, just like with Walmart, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I can use them too, to some degree. You know, there there are people, and I'm not I'm not trying to pick sides here or try to to get on a, a soapbox of any kind. But there are some people who say I don't I don't want to go to Walmart because it's all Chinese Chinese made goods, and in in the uh, the world market that we're in right now, we want to buy more American yada yada, right? And so they they don't want to go to Walmart. The the price uh, the cheaper prices equals you know uh, kind of uh, uh, going out out of the the country to 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 uh, I guess support a foreign government, which they don't want to do, which which is fine. It's just that's the story that you hear if you talk to some people, right? It's not Walmart's story, obviously. They are giving yep. you low low prices every day, or whatever the, whatever their their slogan is. And, yep. and with Joe Rogan, you know, if you follow some of the comments and things like that on YouTube, you're going to hear a story about how Joe's full of shit, or or Joe this, Joe that. You know, people that are hating on him because once you get big enough, you're going to also acquire a, a good number of haters, right? right. And mm-hmm. so it occurs to me that you have to really, really have that that solid foundation, that good story from the get go, and really solidify your base before you do you, you get too big when that story gets out of control. Because with social media and and just the way that we communicate nowadays in in the world, word gets around, right? And it's not always your word that gets around; it's other people's word. And so I just yep. thought I thought that was an interesting topic. How can we make sure that we solidify that good story? in the beginning that resonates throughout the course of our building that brand, building that empire? Yeah, it's got to be who you are. And so here's a quick, quick thing. So if someone says to me right now, pretty, you got blonde hair. I'm like, what? He's like, you have blonde hair. And like, if someone says that to me, I'm like, I I would think they're kind of weird or nuts. I'm like, oh, maybe he's, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'll just let it go. Why will I say that? Because I don't have, I know that I don't have, that's not who I, I have black hair, man. That's just how I was born. Like, that's just who I am. Versus someone might say something like offensive that I'm not totally secure about. 
then they'll say something. I'll be like, no, what are you talking about? I'll get angry and I get defensive and it will bother me. It'll fuck with me. The reason why the, the blonde hair comment doesn't fuck with me. And if someone says, probably you're small, maybe I'm a bodybuilder and I, I care about my size, but I think I'm kind of small, but I'm not sure a lot of bodybuilders suffer from that. It will kind of fuck with me the whole day. Why does the the former not fuck with me, but the latter one does? Because the latter one, I'm not so sure about. I'm not self-secure. But the former one, I know it's a fact that I, have, I do not have blonde hair. So this is just who I am. And so even if you want to be a person of high self-confidence, you must know who you are. And then you become unbreakable because people can say things to you. And you just it's just like when someone says, I have blonde hair. I just don't – it's just not true. So it won't hurt me. I actually think they'll, they're kind of nuts. Like I think he's probably blind or some shit. Mm. And I won't, I won't, it won't affect my day. I won't get in a bad mood and start crying and be depressed. Why do we take other people's words? Why does it hurt us? Because we think it might be a little true. But the reason we think it might be true because we're not so sure. And so this happens to a lot of brands where people talk shit about them, but they haven't really solidified their message, haven't done what you can, the question you kind of asked, which is it's not really who they are. And if it is who they are, they're not really sure about it. And that's why I've always said, like, from the beginning, it needs to be congruent. There's, it needs to be airtight. Like, every single thing you do, it has to be there. If I say, hey, man, I care about quality – I have a certificate of analysis. I do a batch report. You can ask me, I'll send it to you. Now, if someone says, you guys are not authentic or whatever, it doesn't bother me because I, I did everything possible to show that I'm that and I'm say it and I, have, I can back it up. So that's the way to not get. So I don't think really Joe Rogan gives a shit. Like if mm -hmm. people say that, I just don't think, why does he not? Where well, some other podcasts would give a shit. Then they start commenting back and it gets, it fucks with them. I was like, dude, come on, man. I see some athletes sometimes, like especially bodybuilders, they'll comment back on the forums like, come on, man. Like, what does it matter what people say? Like, if you know who you are, it doesn't matter. But this is a vitally important thing that you, your mission statement, every, and it's not just you, everyone that you work with in your company, they need to live that lifestyle. So when I um, hire people, I need to make sure that the brand that we have, it fits with their values, right? So like fraternities, for instance, they recruit people. These are our mission statements. If you don't fit into the brotherhood, then they don't bring you on, right? Um, and this is something that companies, um, I'm using kind of a, a weird example, but this is something that you should do because I'm like, what are my values mission statement? People will say, well, it's always working hard. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what are your values? So my values, for instance, is that we care about peak productivity. It's the most important thing. You got to be a productive motherfucker. So it means you need to be able to handle five or six projects. You have a side hustle. You have like, and so the people that I bring on, they live that lifestyle too. So now everyone is in the corporation is doing and living that lifestyle. So when someone calls us out, it just doesn't matter anymore. It's like the blonde hair comment. It's just, it's just not true. So then it doesn't affect me. I mean, there's so many people on social and people always hate on you. Look at a People will follow Dan Bilzerian, you know, the guy, the playboy who has all these chicks and stuff, and he's mm -hmm. great. And people comment, you have small legs. Do you think he gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> he has like hundreds of millions of dollars. He lives the life. He doesn't give a shit right. because it just doesn't matter. So you need to be, I believe you need to be authentic by being congruent. What you say and what you do, same thing, and you're unbreakable at that point. But you, know? you also have to be at a certain height in whatever you're doing to not give a shit, right? To where it won't actually affect what you're doing. Well, do you? I mean, like, I mean, in a, in a small business, I mean, I, I guess you, you kind of have to, if you're, if you're in the beginning of building something, you mm -hmm. kind of have to worry a little more about like what people think about what you're doing versus once you get to a Joe Rogan level, then you can, I don't give a shit because it's not going to take away any credibility from anything that you've built. Mm -hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I, <clears throat> excuse me. I know exactly what you're saying. I just, I want to pose the question. Should you have, should you try to have that blonde haired uh, that that analogy should you try to have that kind of mindset from the beginning if you can right it, it makes sense that when you're smaller you're going to be more defensive right right yeah when you're joe rogan it's obvious you don't have to care right. he, he he gives absolute zero mm -hmm. he, has, he has nothing for them right. but i'm going to right? right if if you start harping on my podcast i'm going to feel defensive right? right but should i just consider it like you saying i have blonde hair when i don't should that be my aspiration right that makes sense yeah brady what do you think yeah, it's it's the question is what are they criticizing? If someone says, "Hey man, your sound was off. I couldn't hear shit." Just the, the some of the content I wasn't it wasn't really it was just kind of boring or your, your show's way too long. Those are comments. Those are customer feedback. That's really valuable. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Right. But if you have a, a value, a mission statement where someone says, "Dude, the CEP, your mission statement about being creators together or doing all this stuff." I hate that. That's not something I that's just who that's who you are. So that for me is different. So right. if someone says, "Freddie, I don't give a shit about productivity." 
well, okay, then I don't care. But if someone says, Prey, you know what, I use some of your products and I think it would be cool if it could, I could feel the effects a little bit longer. I'm like, okay, thanks, man, for the feedback. And I'll go back and reformulate. That's a different thing. So you need to worry about customer feedback. Like I said, dude, the two-way conversation is so valuable. And I've talked about customer feedback and talking to customers all the time. But there, at some point where they're criticizing your values and who you are as a company, that, that for me, then it's, um, that, that shouldn't matter because mm-hmm. that's the story you've told. If that's your story, you know, then if Louis Vuitton tells a story about heritage and someone walks in their store, is like, hey, man, I ordered this, this shoe and it never showed up on time. I, Louis Vuitton better fix that because it's expensive as shoes. But if someone walks in, hey, man, I don't care about heritage. Like, I hate France. Shitty country. Fucking hate France. (laughs) Okay, like, what are they supposed to do? They they shouldn't worry about that. Like, if someone doesn't like France, like, what are they supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? So there is a difference. And I think good entrepreneurs who are mentally strong, they understand that difference. When someone attacking your values, fuck it. If someone is attacking your product, how you can improve, dude, take that's good feedback. Yeah. yeah. And, right. and I would I would say be sure that you are taking a step back and, and uh, have a rational detachment away from any like insults too, and still take what value you can from that statement. So for instance, if they say, Hey, James and Colt, your your sound sucks, so I hate the CEP, you know, you guys are dicks. Okay, that's that's fine. So uh, it's a lot you, of things you, there. You, you could have left out the whole dicks <laughs> part, right? But you said our sound sucks. And so I should extract that from the overall conversation and say, okay, yeah. what can I do to increase or to improve my sound, right? Instead of just feeling insulted, feeling defensive, and, and then writing them off. It's just like, you know, in, in mental health, we, we oftentimes teach that clients don't always reach out by saying, hey, I need help. Sometimes they reach out by saying, you know, I want to choke you or, or something along those lines, or, or I'm going to I'm going to kill myself, something along those lines. But you have to kind of read between the lines and, and extract the value that you can from every statement possible so that you can still continue to to improve. Right. It's right. all about continuously improving. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's the difference between functionality and, and values. And, and I think if you're you just, these are all like human skill sets. And that's why I, I, I'm so glad that we could do this whole episode series. And I hope people that are not even entrepreneurs listening in, like we've said many times, because this is about building character. That's what building business is about. Strong businesses that last is about building strong character, building strong men and women. And it's the same characteristics. And you learn to have tough skin. But it doesn't mean that you're delusional. And I think that's where delusional means that everyone says something and you just don't listen to them. You're so self-absorbed. That's a, that, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But knowing who you stand for and what you are and people are not – if you people are giving you that type of comment and feedback like that, it's just like whatever. Like it just doesn't matter. But if someone is like, dude, you should improve on that, um, hell yeah, I want to learn. I want to get constructive feedback. And you'll also you know, be good at like discriminating when someone's just a hater and they just – it is not construct anything that comes out of the mouth is not constructive. So right. you start building like a group of people that you can trust and who you can ask real feedback from and that actually care about your 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 progress. Um, those are the types of people that are probably the most valuable to, to listen to. But you're right, man. You're going to get a ton of detractors, and in the beginning, you're going to have to be very in tune with your customer. And I hope that never changes. Even a big business like Amazon and stuff, they should keep asking customers how to improve. Uh, but you know, it's the, the value thing. I don't think it really matters even from the beginning on. But you know, the, the real crux from this is you gotta. Um, you, if you don't, here's the thing. If you don't write your story, someone else will. Mm. And the stories that they write about you and for you and what's in their mind, you might not like them. And you're going to have to carry that your whole life. And that is not only true for businesses, but also for you as a person. When I see someone on the street or any person that I know in my life, my family, friends, I have a story about them. I'm like, okay, that guy, he's kind of like not a really hardworking dude. He has all these problems. He's never good with girls. Like that's, a, and how do I know that? I have like bits and pieces of conversations. And, and things that I've seen. And every single one of us has our own brand identity. Like the way you guys think of me, that's my brand. The what I think about you is your brand. And every person might have a different brand th- thought process. Of course, your family's going to think about you differently than your friends. But you are able to, in life, one of the powers that you have is to set your own brand. So you can set your own um, who you are. And you do that by living with strict principles. And people know it. And you don't let people and people understand your boundaries and you stick to your principles and that becomes your brand. And you I always think it's better if you're the one setting it. And people think you either have a brand or you don't. It's not true. You always have a brand. You either have a brand that you set or you have a brand that the world sets for you. Mm. And it's always better if you are the one setting the brand because then you can control it at least. Passive branding. What a concept. That's that's very interesting. Pretty, I feel like we're at a time where we've we've got to sew this up. This yep. has been a great ongoing conversation, man. And uh if you could just just summarize this episode with marketing and branding, you know anything that we we may have missed, or just kind of summarize the the main points, um, lead us out of this thing with some words of wisdom. You're you're wise beyond your years, my friend, and uh, mm-hmm. this has sparked not just a lot of uh, information that I'm learning from you. It's also got the wheels turning, man, and it, it's it's caused this conversation, this series has caused me to. 
um, it, it's a shift in my perspective about how to move forward with not just the CEP, but with some other projects that have been waiting in the wings, you know, in the back of my mind. And uh, I've got a new outlook on things now. And I hope that, you know, other people, our listeners are able to kind of capture that too, because it's, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's energizing. And uh, having these discussions is, has just been amazing, man. So if you can summarize it and uh, take us out of here. Yeah, man. So just for this episode, I think the, and I will use this as a summary and this is why I wanted to end it. I'll just kind of preface again that the, the goal with the business is don't start anything, any project in life, don't just start for the sake of starting. And if you really want to succeed, you're providing value for other people. So make sure that you're bringing real value to other people and you have on all the other things that we talked about, you know, having a strong business foundations, having bringing lifeblood to making sure that you can continue providing that value, which is your profits, um, thinking about hiring the right people so you can support that value that you're building. And then third is the story that you're telling and the real concept with everything. Yes, you're providing value, but that is all, you know, kind of window dressing for the story that you're telling and for the need that you're providing, uh, to, you know, and helping other people fulfill. Um, and, and that's where I think a lot of people go wrong. We live in a society today where, entrepreneurship is the cool thing. Like the first episode I started off with, you know, it used to be pilots and it used to be doctors and now it's entrepreneurs. And where this can go wrong very easily is because you're like, I don't want the nine to five, so I'll start a business. The problem is that that is not a strong enough reason for you to go into the marketplace because the marketplace just doesn't care. They care about you providing a need. So think strongly about which need you're fulfilling and tell a compelling story. And then after that, do all the other things, you know, build a sales force, you know, spend a ton of money on X, Y, and Z, but don't do that in the beginning because you're really going to set yourself back. And I think that, you know, when you think about business, it's about service. It's just cons consistent service, being totally selfless. Uh, but also um, you become, and one of the things I wanted to talk about too, you become a person that's very responsible and you build a lot of character. Um, and that's what it's allowed me to do um, at my age because I started so early, you know, I, I built a lot of character. And I think the things that you do in your life, how you lead your life, is how you will lead your business as well. So, so, so definitely think about it. I hope we we can open, you know, after this up, you know, series, you know, people reach out to you or they can reach out to me, um, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions about this. And you know, I did make it. Some people might say, well, I don't, I haven't gotten all the tools. Like, tell me about Instagram marketing, Facebook marketing. I didn't really go into depths with that because honestly, life is all about principles. I always tell people if you're going to learn a skill or if you're going to learn something in life, learn things, learn principles because they never change. What changes is algorithms. What changes is trends. But what doesn't change is values and principles. And the same principle I talked about today, you can apply a thought, you know, 100 years from now. Like it's going to be the same thing. Like respect, value creation, fulfilling a need, building character. These things are always going to be there. And you know, the one thing that never goes out of style, like I always said, is, is good products and, and good content. It doesn't matter which medium comes and goes. There would be many social media platforms after, after today that we talked about it. But if you have good content and you're fulfilling a real need, man, it's going to be – you're going to, you're going to have a um, – a great day. And then the last thing I, I did want to mention, which is a little bit of a novel concept, but I don't, I'm not a huge believer in, in massive amounts of competition. I do believe in, if you want to be a real great entrepreneur, you're not better. Don't think of yourself. How can I be better than the competition? Don't think about that. Think how you can be the only one. And this is not only for business, but for everything. If you want to be, just be the only, don't be better. Um, and you can use your mind about where you can use that uh, for, uh, but it's a very important concept. It's always, always served me well. And those are the businesses that I've seen. Man, these businesses are going to, um, you know, the next level. And and that's um, what we've seen. with the. And I think where if people are looking for that type of success, being the only one is what they should think about. Be so good that no one can ignore you. And being being that's by being the only one in the space. So, yeah, thanks again for, for providing this platform. And a ton of fun, really a ton of fun doing this. Yep. We appreciate you coming on, man. And, and like I said, we'll... Uh, who knows where this is going to take us. And uh, we're, we're going to look forward to seeing what the future holds for, for you personally and for Azath and everything that you do. It's just exciting to watch it. We, we're very happy to be a part of the tribe on, on social media. That's an awesome, awesome platform. And it, it's a great uh, community to be a part of, to see people who are just coming in, energized, sharing their ideas, sharing what they do, and, and just feeling that energy just exude from, you know, just comments and posts and things like that. So keep up the great work, man. We're going to keep following you and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Awesome. Thanks, uh, both of you guys. It was an absolute honor to do this. You Thank bet. you. And we are out. Thanks again to Prady Tuari and thank you, CEP listener. 
Remember that word of mouth is like gold to us, so be sure to tell your friends and fam about our most humble, yet completely fantastic show. Also remember to subscribe to the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download all those shows that you love. And you can also download the show at the launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. If you need to contact us, you can do so at cerebral at thecepodcast.com and you know we love the way you love us on the socials when in fact you do love us on the socials so until we meet again please remember to keep your brains warm out there see ya